Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Sport on Sydney's newest home of sport, 1170 SEN. I'm your host, Timmy Manor, my co-host here, Ben Little, and I'm so glad you're able to join us here tonight. Well, tonight, our special guest is a former professional rugby union player who played in four out of five Super Rugby Australian teams. Across his eight-year career, our guest played with the Western Force, the Melbourne Rebels, the New South Wales Waratahs, and the ACT Brumbies. He had a great career spanning over 12 years where he finished his career with his beloved Warringah Rats in a shoot shield competition back in 2018. I want to get a bit to that later as well, guys. He's a truly great man, and we're so lucky to have him here on our show tonight. The one and only Luke Holmes. Holmesy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I was pretty stoked to be here. And um, no, it's it's just good to be able to come in and have a chat and, um, I don't know, catch up. Yeah. Mate, your your journey... you're one of the guys I was so keen to get on this show because I, I love your story, not just from start, and I know you're in Tulsa at the start, and I know you're a league fan back in the day, mm-hmm. but to where you are now, it's such an interesting story, and it's also a great inspiration, not just to people listening, but also to a lot of athletes that are trying to transition to life after football, so I can't wait to hear all that. But before we do, Benny. Yep. How you going, bro? Yeah, good, mate. Um, what, no intro this week? Just, yeah. Well, just I, I, I introduced you last week as yeah, okay. the Hills District's finest basketball protege. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, what I was fishing for. Is it still the case, or is, is the last week, have you diminished? Well, Monday night would say it's still the case. That's oh, what people are saying. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't say it, but people are saying that. So, yeah. Well, uh, anyways, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, We're back cool. on here. It's good to have you, mate. It's good. And let's get, let's get to the main show, because at the end of the day, as good as you are, yeah. You're not the reason we're here. Nah. Our man, our man Luke has made all the effort to come in here. Yeah, no. Nah. Holmesy, man. Um, firstly, I've, I've I've been lucky enough to know you for quite a few years now. And the one thing that's always stood out with you is um, the, the first, the, the main image I have of you was I was sitting at church one day and you were holding, I think you were holding two kids and another one was tugging on you. <laughs> Tell everyone at home, how many kids do you have? Tell us a bit about your family and, and the situation you're in at the moment. Yeah, mate. So... Uh a little bit embarrassing first, like you said, all great sportsmen and all this kind of stuff and, you know, successful career. I, I don't, I, you know, it's a bit embarrassing hearing that, but, um, it's, um, you know, I, I feel really grateful to be a part of the system in rugby and, and I think one of the amazing things is what sport gives you. And so, um, yeah, it's awkward listening to that because, you know, I don't see myself as a, a, a you know, a wonderful sportsman. I, I kind of more see myself as someone I was lucky to experience and be part of it. But, um, you know, it's funny that rugby has given, gave me so much. And, um, you know, from that, it gave me, like, I met my wife. I met my wife through um, her father. He's uh, he, he's passed away now. But uh, Tama had come down to the beloved, my beloved rats down at, uh, on the northern beaches and had come from Newcastle. He'd been coaching up there. And uh, um, I met my wife through, I met Mel through, um, through her father. Um, Mel, he had four daughters. And um, 
kind of the story goes is that I, I saw, I saw Mel and then I saw another sister, but I was kind of like, mate, you got daughters. Like, this is awesome. And he was just like, beat it, mate. And I used to always, I used to always ask him, mate, if I could come over for dinner and I'd say, Tom, have me over for a feed, mate. Have me over for a feed. He goes, yeah, I'll take you to all Porto's. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to come over. <laughs> um, and, and like, long story short, I, I, I got to meet Mel and I ended up marrying Mel and, um, you know, through that. We've had four four amazing children. I've got two boys, uh, Isaac Jai, which is 12, uh, Cruz Jagger, which is 10. Um, I've got Harlow Scout, which uh, is... Um, Sorry, can we just go through the names again? I love these yeah. names. Yeah, good so, names. Start again. Uh, First I, name? Yeah, so Isaac, Isaac, Isaac? Jaya. Yes. Um, yeah. I've got uh, IJ, um, Cruz, which Cruz Jagger. Yep. And he's my... Um, He's my terror. But Cruz he's, uh, Jagger, what a name. Yeah. You're, you're nothing, always going to be a terror with that name, but you set him up from the start. Yeah. Nothing cruisy about him whatsoever. Um, and then I've got Harlow Scout, um, and she is she is turning eight. Yeah. And then our little our little dynamite, uh, Bo Valentine. So she's our, our youngest, and she is three turning four this year. And, um, you know, it's just I, – I, it's, it's such a privilege to be a dad, I think. And um, I'm just – yeah, I've got four amazing kids, and – you know, we kind of, well, we kind of just do things us. We're pretty, we're pretty self-efficient as a little family, but, um, we, um, you know, I think it's just great having your own little army and, you know, I, I finally got my wife this year into the minibus, which broke her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I always laugh because, you know, my whole childhood growing up, I went to Narrabeen Sports High on the beaches and I, um, I'd always laugh because all my you know, all my mates I played rugby with are all Islanders. So I spent my weekends just going around in Tarago from like sporting <laughs> event to sporting event. Yeah. And I always joke when I married Mel and Mel's a Kiwi, she's a Maori girl. And, um, we always joke about, I always said I'd get her in a Tarago. She's like, hell no, I'm driving my car. And, <laughs> but yeah, we've got the Tarago. So we've got, we've got a nice little minivan now with the, with the army. It, go, it takes us around to sports. So, uh, and, a fu- and a funny thing is just that whole rugby and Kiwi and, you know, married a Maori girl. Um, I've got one brother, grew up on the Northern beaches, um, you know, family kind of close. I've got Isaac is the great, first great grandchild on our side and on Mel's side is a hundred. Oh, and, wow. um, so from a really big family. So it's been really, really cool to experience that as well. Like that whole, like Kiwis do family different. Um, they do, you know, just that whole, like everyone's in and, you know, life's, life's amazing. It's that, so that, that's been, that's been a really cool part of kind of our journey and and spending time and um you know that just the different dynamics of family and making up our own kind of family yeah right and you talked about your kids now and i'm sure your, your saturdays are flat out with kids sport um but you talked to me about you when you were a kid playing sport how did you get involved in sport and, and what was your passion <clears throat> so yeah sport dad dad actually played um a fair bit of rugby back in the day so he played um he right from school right through uh, he ended up at the rats uh, he started up in um, Epping Way. Um, he was a Newington boy, uh, finished his schooling at Epping uh, Boys High and uh, was playing at Eastwood and got dragged down to Warringah and that's kind of where he played his bulk of his rugby. And um, so my my childhood memories of me growing up at Rat Park, um, down on the Northern Beaches, um, with the likes of Phil War and these older players, me trying to join into football games and getting absolutely beaten up by <laughs> them each week. But it was an amazing childhood to be a part of that community and be part of that group and you know, it didn't matter where I was in my f- football career or um, whenever I went back there to play or to spectate or um, I, it, it always felt like home. So Warringah, you know, that, that my childhood was kind of around the Rat Park. Um, I was a ball boy, started playing for Newport uh, Breakers 
down at um, Porter's Reserve Newport. Played right there right through my young childhood. Um, and then also played rugby league. There was one of our Raiders. We have the local league team. Um, and that was kind of like the two, my, my two main sports. Apart from that, I loved surfing. Um, I loved, at least I loved skating when I, I could actually move. Um, but yeah, so my childhood was, was mainly around the beaches doing those kind of things. But um, playing for Newport and playing for the Raiders was kind of the key thing. And then eventually the Rats, which opened up some opportunities. When you became a um, prof professional a athlete, um, word on the street is you're a bit of a bit of a mentor. You get around the new guys a bit. What was kind of your perspective on doing that? Was that like a natural thing, or did you kind of have a heart for it? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely. I think it's definitely a heart thing. Like I've always wanted, always wanted a family, always wanted kids, and you know, even when I, I kind of ended up at at the force at a young age, like it was. Um, it was, I suppose, just a, a natural desire to be around people. And, and, and you know, I, I think I said to you earlier, I think mm. about just being a good friend. I think it's, um, it's one thing to, you know, to have friends, but to be a really good friend and be there for those people and um, be able to listen. That was kind of a thing. I, I never saw myself as a mentor. Like I don't, right. I don't, I don't see myself as that, but I, I see myself if I'm going to invest in someone's time and invest in someone, you know, I want to be a really good friend to them. And I suppose one of the things I, I think I, I value is when people listen. So mm. being able to stand there and listen and be present and then, um, and not tell them what to do, but help them, help them work out what, what's the right thing for them is, is, is something that, you know, I've always, I've always valued. So I've always tried to give. Yeah. Uh, did you get much feedback when you were like sewing into the relationships like that? Like if some of these guys become lifelong friends or yeah. Want, yeah, like, yeah, uh, I think that's just, that, that's a natural thing. I yeah. think like you go in and it might, it's even like now, like being a little bit older and doing stuff with some, like doing more stuff, being asked to do stuff with younger athletes or younger rugby players, for instance. Um, it starts that way, but if you do it right, they become a true friend and it mm. becomes a deeper friendship. I've got, you know, the one great thing, even about at the end of my career, going back and playing club rugby and being, being at Warringah is that, you know, you you do form those strong relationships with younger guys and and you do do that side but the path is that you still get you're still getting invited to 21st and 18th birthdays when you're like 35 <laughs> so it's pretty cool you makes you feel young so um you know like yeah i <clears throat> in answering that i think um i think the relationship go, does go, go deeper and it is, and naturally does that because you invest in that person yeah let's go back to the rats right <laughs> is the rumor true that you and your brother once got been for six weeks and what happened there yeah, it is true <laughs> so oh i think dad dad took us down to training and um uh, like back in the olden days like after after training i think it used to get pretty raucous you know the old fellas were going for a beer and and whatever we'd go on so dad sent us out to have a run around and go and go and kick the ball and i forget what they're called but the birds that swoop and magpies no nah, not yeah that's the one yes All right. and um Wow, there was a couple of them on Thanks. the uh, a couple of them on the front oval, and um, me and Josh we we rock scissors paper, and, and we did. He ended up losing, so younger brother always you know yeah. has to do it. Got in a tub and tried to roll down the hill and get as closest to the birds as possible, but he ended up rolling over some eggs. And um, the groundskeeper had been looking after that, and it had been his kind of pride and joy. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we we copped a we copped a six. Wow. <laughs> heartless, absolutely wow. heartless. Yeah. Well, um, I had nothing to do. I wasn't part. So I kind of felt stitched up. I was like, you know, I, I didn't lose scissors paper rock, so I shouldn't have got a ban. Guilty yeah. by association. Yeah. I love it. That's good. Now you go from 
obviously playing rats and, and being around your, your environment where you're comfortable and you go to the other side of the country and you're in yeah. the Perth, Western Australia, playing for the Western Force. They, they were a bit of a new team then, weren't they? Yeah, first year. So I was first an inaugural year. member, which was pretty cool. And now I was like a kid from like, you know, the Northern Beaches who, who's always been surrounded by his community and environment. How's that like for you to be plucked out of that and being yeah. so far away? So I, like I'm, you know, I, I was a, like a mama's boy in terms of, you know, I'd go to footy on the weekend and mum would have my roll packed and they'd have everything ready for me to go. And um, then to just move over the other side of the, the country and, and into that environment was, was challenging itself, was learning. Um, it, was so, it was good in terms of growing up. Um, but, you know, the, John uh, Mitchell was the coach that first year and I remember John, John actually came and met my father and, and myself and um, he spoke to my dad around the opportunity for me to go over there. And I suppose being... Yeah, I look back now and I, I went over there and I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to even stay at the Tars at the time, but I saw that there was players like Adam Fryer and um, Satafu Polita now and these kind of players which were already becoming established Wallabies um, here in Sydney and I thought, oh, you know, if I go over there, I'll get to play. Um, in hindsight, staying in Sydney and being behind those players probably would have progressed me way quicker. Yeah, right. But me just chasing, you know, wanting to play Super Rugby and um, thinking that was the quickest way possible, I just... You know, me and dad and mom and Mel at the time was my girlfriend. We, we decided, yeah, that's a great a great step for me. So I moved to Perth, um, moved over there. My first contract was a rookie contract. It was $32,000 and I think $32,800. Got over there. It was kind of the mining boom. Um, we were put up in Scarborough. Um, I kind of worked out then that, you know, that was about going to cover rent and about uh, a carton <laughs> of milk. So... Um, <laughs> Very quick, learnt like a bunch of hard lessons around, you know, cost of living, how much my parents have been spending on me to live. Um, so working out how to balance money and, um, yeah. you know, and just looking after yourself. Uh, it was, so it was, you know, it was, it was just a bunch of lessons of being yeah. a young man. Then trying, I suppose, manage professional football and my expectations of what professional football was and, and where I was realistically. Like, you know, I wasn't ready to play super rugby, even though I thought I was. Um, so trying to manage expectations and the emotions that come with that, um, and moving was, was, yeah, it was hard. It was, it was challenging, but did, did cause me to grow up quick yeah. and, um, did cause me to, I suppose, um, learn a lot about myself. And what, at what stage, like, do you start thinking, okay, well maybe being here's not the best, I've got to make a move and, and try somewhere else. Like, what, what, when does the penny drop for you to think, okay, maybe Perth is not the best option? Yeah. I was there for, I was there for like five years Yeah. and, um, we'd had Isaac, my youngest, uh, my oldest, sorry. And, um, there's a bunch of stuff happening within the club that I just wasn't comfortable in. Yeah. Um, there was a bunch of stuff that just wasn't right. I was offered a new deal and, um, you know, a bunch of circumstances around what that deal looked like and how that deal was going to work, um, changed, um, throughout the season and, um, you know, there was a, I was given a certain amount of time to sign that deal and I decided not to. And from there, I decided I was moving back to Sydney. Yeah. Um, kept it really quiet. Didn't want to make a big deal about it, but it was kind of my time. I moved back to Sydney with nothing. I was like, well, nothing in terms of um, no deal back here. Mm. And, um, but I felt it was just the right thing to do for me as a person. It was the right environment to put myself in. Yeah. Um, or the right environment, the right environment for me and my family wasn't over there in, in that, the current climate yeah. now that changed and you know i to this day i don't know if it was the right decision it was the right decision from a football point of view but you know i made that call i was really comfortable with that call and when getting back to sydney i got a call from foles michael foley um, which was amazing 
kind of mental for me, even though he was coaching the Waratahs at the time uh, and the wa- was with the Wallabies. Um, he was awesome in terms of helping me as a hooker progress. Oh. And um, he, he asked me, him and Scotty Wiseman, asked me to come in and do some training and I was able to, my brother was at the Tars, so was able to go in and spend uh, pretty much a 12 months training there. And um, that, was, that was incredible for me. So it was probably the most progressive. I talked about my five years at the force, but as that, from a football's point of view, it was probably the time I progressed most as a player yeah. was in that year under, the, under those guys. And you went to Melbourne as well, eh? Yeah. It's a good question that I've been thinking for people now. So NRL Rugby League, we're looking at expanding in 2023, starting another team or two. And I always wondered, like, if you're, if you're a player, are you attracted to going to a startup club and, and trying to build a club from scratch? And I guess that's all, it all depends on what stage your, your career you're at. But you obviously had two experiences of that yeah. with, with um, Perth and Melbourne. What's it like going to a club that's just starting out? And you yeah. know, they're, they've got nothing there before. It's a brand new feel. How does that feel? So the, uh, it creates tightness within a group. Like I think you make lifelong friends because you, yeah. move, you ever a group of people move to a place and have no choice but to be close because you don't have potentially um, an extended network outside that group. So yeah. naturally you kind of come together and you form tight relationships and you you form friendships that you might not have got if that wasn't the case. And so like even to today, you know, some of my some of my closest friends or some of the deepest relationships and people I talk to, um, you know, about everything. Uh, are people from that experience in Melbourne um, and, and the force, but M- Melbourne, Melbourne more. Um, the, it's, you know, they do things amazing to startups. Like there's plenty of, you know, uh, it's new, the caches, there's cash in the, obviously um, from the setup because it's new. There's a lot of backing around it. There's a lot of support. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of amazing things that happen within an inaugural club in the start of something. And it, yeah. and it you know, it's it's one of those things you can always say. I was, I was an inaugural member of that awesome. of that team. So you know, we uh, some amazing experiences from the force and also from from Melbourne, just around you know the time and the things we got to do as a startup group. So you know, in, in Melbourne, uh, Rod McQueen took us down um, along the Great Northern Road, and um, I think it's that that's what it's called. And um, we um, we spent some time down there and. Um, I think it was Lawn. We spent some time in Lawn. We spent a week down there. We got to bring the partners down to Lawn. Um, you know, we had a, pretty much a whole hotel to ourselves. And, you know, we got to have – we did a bunch of events, but we trained. We got to learn a lot about each other. It was, that week was just special in itself. And, you know, looking back on my rugby career, you remember those things probably more than you do p- potentially some of the big games or some of the events that happened, um, you know, from a rugby point of view. It was more those, those times you spend in groups and those times you've got to d- share – within the football environment, but also with your partner, which doesn't always happen a lot. Yeah, awesome. You mentioned seeing each other in church. How's um, your, your faith impacted you know, your career, how you, do, how you do relationships now? Yeah, mate, uh, I think it, it's, it's, it's that, that bigger purpose um, and, and that strength. Like, I think... Um, so some of the things that really helped me through my career was, um, was, was one, we're always working. So learning quite quickly in Perth that, um, that I didn't have enough to, I needed to earn more money, that I wanted to, I wanted to get engaged. I wanted to, you know, eventually buy a house and right. all this kind of stuff. I went out and got myself a job. Um, suddenly that created something for me outside football, which helped a lot, I think. Mm. It created me a, biggest, a bigger focus, a uh, different focus. Um, so that, that was really cool. Um, but one of the things 
what the thing that probably overarches all of that is 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 my faith and that gives me strength strength it gives me something to to something to stand on it gives me something to um that support that potentially other people don't have yeah. um and just in the way i suppose the things we learn from church and the and um you know, I'm really lucky that the church I go to teaches a lot, a lot of amazing lessons in life around the, the, the stuff I talked about in terms of how to be a good friend, mm. um, how to provide support and how to lean in. Um, and, and those kind of things um, are the things that have, have probably allowed me to, to build those deeper relationships with people in my, in, in my team um, or the guys or people I've played with or associated with um, and, have, and have a do deeper impact on, on a wider group. I've never been someone that... Um, walks around and you know says that you know I'm, i go to church and i do this and i do that you should do this i've you know if i think that from mine my wife's and my opinion is that if if we live our life in a way that um attracts attracts people attracts people to want to spend time with us if people look at us and think we are good people and that we you know we stand for the right things i think that's that's the biggest attract attraction that someone can have to to having um having faith and and, and believing in living God. So, um, that's how we've tried to always live our life. And, you know, a lot of the lessons that we've, we learn week in and week out, um, apply to, to us just being good people and being, um, and hopefully key people within our community. How did, how did you first hear about, you know, Jesus and forgiveness and all these kind of things? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the story goes, goes all the way back to, um, so my, my grandparents have been in church their whole life. Um, my dad grew up in church, um, but we never, we, we'd only kind of go on major occasions, so Christmas, Easter, those kind of things, and we'd go with my nan and pop, and that, that was the kind of times in church. Um, when I met, um, when I was um, approaching Mel's dad and Tama, I said, oh, mate, introduce me to your daughter, and he goes, mate, you've got no hope. He goes, mate, go to church on Saturday, Friday, Sunday night, and I was just like, oh, mate, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was one of those things. I was just like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this girl, and I met her, and and the and um, we we hung out, and she said to me, she said, oh, uh, I said, oh, let's catch up again, let's let's go out, and she goes, yeah, you can uh, come with me on Sunday to church, and I was like, oh, flip, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dad was right, and I was like, no, 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 I'll be sweet, I'll get this girl. Anyway, I, you know, pursued her, and and we just had more and more fun together, and it went away from all the other stuff in terms of um you know, the stuff that I was potentially chasing right at the start yeah. to probably a deeper thing where we connected as people and we had good time together. We had good discussions. Um, and, um, yeah, that went from there. And our, Mel took me on a Friday night to, um, youth at Hillsong and, um, April Miller, um, came up and she was a friend of Mel's and April was the, I'm pretty sure she was the youth pastor then at, um, Hillsong city. And, um, and she, came up to me at the start and she, I was just like, Hey, like I'm not sitting in the front row. Everyone's like, everyone's small youth. I'm just going to stand out like crazy. And she was like, no, you sit in the front row. I'm going to get you up to speak. I was like, hell no, you get me up to speak and that's it. I'm out. I'm never coming back. And she stirred me the whole night. Um, but it, from that, those kind of people, like there's, there's, there's apes and, and a bunch of other people that at Hillsong uh, that I've known right from the start, which, Right from that very first night I met them, they were just amazing people. Mm. And there were people that I um, felt that when I was around, that I was better. 
and uh, challenged me to be better. And um, I like as someone that loves to learn, as a young person, I was kind of like, far out. That's pretty cool. Like I've never really felt like that so much. So I tried to I tried to put myself around that more and more. And you know, before you knew it, I was I was saying to Mel, are we going like we're church Sunday nights and it kind of that yeah it just it happened really organically yeah, right. i'm curious to know how, how did the combo go with tamal how did that when it was official well he didn't really say too much so yeah. he he was very quiet he only when he spoke everyone listened yeah but i remember he was just like i think it was running through his head he was kind of like well if you if you stuff this up i know <laughs> i know where you are <laughs> and then he was at the other side he was kind of like well you play rugby so this is pretty cool i love rugby yeah. Um, you play for the team, the club. You play for the club I'm coaching at, so I'd probably like you a bit more. So it was kind of there. I remember I remember when I asked, I, I rang him to um, ask for Mel's hand. And um, I rang, I was like, hey, Tom, how you going, mate? He's like, good. And he's like, how's, how's training? I was like, good. And, I was, and he asked me a thousand questions about footy, as he always did. And I said, oh, mate, I want to ring you. And he goes, you're going to ask, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> uh, are we asking the same question? And I was like, I want to, I want to marry him. He goes, Oh, freaking about time, mate. Your, your mother's giving, asking me for bloody ages. <laughs> he goes, well, get her off her back. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like he was, he was that kind of guy. Oh, he, was, nice. he was beautiful. Oh, so sweet. we always had a really, really great relationship. Always really got on really not well. And, um, he, um, he was an awesome dude and an awesome dude in the sense that, um, got to spend good time with him when he, when he was around because of his love for footy and, you know, it helped can even connect our families, like our parents and stuff like he loved rugby, but my dad yeah. loved rugby. So. Did they play at the same club? No. So Tama uh, played in New Zealand, played for Hawke's Bay. Yeah. Then moved to Australia and was playing in Melbourne. Yeah. And then actually moved up to the, up to the, up the coast, up to the Hunter. Okay. And while he was up there, he started coaching. And so he coached at Nelson Bay Gropers and then, and then the Hamilton Hawks and then made his way down to Sydney where he, he coached um, for Warringah and West Harbour. Now that's what I want to ask you next. So this is, this is the main part I love and I look at like my career as well and while you play footy for what feels like a lifetime, at the end of the day, you still get, you get out of there and you get your whole life ahead of you. Like it's not like you you get out of your time from footy and your life's over. You got yeah. so much to go, and your transition was pretty pretty special. When um, you know, you've always been an intellect, you've always been someone that like was cluey and clever throughout your career. How did you make the transition into getting involved with the Rats after you've retired? Yeah, so I um. So just for those that don't know, maybe give yeah. everyone else a bit of background to what you're doing with the Rats and. Yeah. yeah, so I ended up being the general manager at Ringer Rugby Club. Mm. Um, and I fell into that role. I'd moved back from, uh, so I worked in Mel, um, in Western Australia. So I worked in, in uh, like a project manager. Um, I have a, I was a plumber by trade when I, I left school. I did plumbing. Uh, went into um, more project management. Worked um, in uh, Perth for a group called Pindan Group. They were amazing and kind of helped me through my rugby journey, but also kind of learning the ropes and, you know, even from learning how to send a group email. They, they were the original people that kind of taught me the basics of, of a work environment. Uh, when I moved to Melbourne, I ended up working for John Holland. I worked on the international airport down there and were able to work with a bunch of amazing people, which 
um, helped me in learn terms of management and, and help and running people, managing people. Um, and from there, when I moved back to Sydney, I was doing a bunch of different things and I had my, I suppose, my hand in a bunch of different little roles that I was doing. Um, my wife's in marketing. She's been in marketing for a long time and held a cut, quite a few number of senior roles. So we were doing a bunch of work together um, with our own business team homes. Um, and during that time, when I moved back to Sydney, I was with the TARS. Um, I decided to retire. And as I decided to retire, uh, Warringah was in a different place in terms of the shoot shield. And um, the club hadn't had a full-time GM in, in, quite, in quite a while. Um, and it was a bit of a transition time for um, some of the club legends in terms of presidents and those key people moving on and new people coming in. And um, I got speaking with uh, the, the new president coming on board around um, how I could potentially help and the position and the part I could play and um, decided to take on that role um, and was able to, I did that role for nearly four years. Uh, wow. We did some amazing things down there. Um, we went from, you know, 15 paying members to thousands of paying members for a shoot right. shield club. We went uh, within the last year, we had a, a shoot shield club that was, you know, it was nearly, it was a million dollar club a year in terms of um, turnover. Uh, it was doing amazing things within the community and still is. Yeah. Uh, the people that have, have taken over the club have been able to take that on and do some do some awesome things. And our club has, or Warringah has been able to be kind of be, I suppose, a leader um, in terms of the shoot shield and the uh, re reviving of rugby from that grassroots level. So, um, you know, there's a bunch of different things uh, the club's done over the years that I'm really, really proud of mm. and really proud to be part of. Um, you know, we had some really, really hard times like we, uh, there's a, in 2017, we won the grand final, which was an amazing year. And it was something that was special for the club and special for my father and all the people that had been before us. But, um, that year we lost a player on the field. We lost Lockie Ward. He mm. passed away on the field and his older brother was the captain of first grade and was actually, um, is a, one of my best mates and, and best mates to most of the boys that played, um, in that 2017 grand final team. So to lose a family member, someone we're close to for him and his family was tragic and, um, but um, brought a community together. Um, mm. It was something really, really special to be part of. Um, and as much as, it, as hard as it was and, you know, as, as dark as it felt sometimes in terms of managing that and being kind of the, the person that had to um, navigate through that for the club, um, it was tough, but it was, it was definitely an experience that has been amazing in helping, helping me um, learn what it takes to not just manage people, but um, try and get the best out of a, a, an organisation or, or a business. You, um, so you w went from GM and then was it then that you kind of stepped out on your own and got into a bit of business and started yeah. this thing called Slow Coach? Yeah, so we, my, um, oh, I'm really lucky. I've, I've, I've got um, uh, Slow Coach, yeah, Slow Coach is our business. It's, um, it's uh, the thing I love about Slow Coach is its purpose. Um, you know, I, I finished up football, but I, when I finished up football, there was a bunch of my friends and close people that I played with for a long time finished up in the game as well. And the one thing that I was always kind of dumbfounded by was that these guys give their lives to something that they're passionate about. They give their lives to, uh, learning a craft and it's like a lawyer going to school and then they kind of finish and that's it. And they have to find a completely new purpose and a completely new way to share, uh, a they lose kind of the thing that they get to the place that they get to share their wisdom. So this thing that they're, that they're great at. And I kind of thought, well, far out, like imagine, um, imagine we enabled people 
even when they finish their sport or even while they're in their sport to share share their wisdom mm. you know you, um, one of the things I learned in business you can get wisdom two ways you can either experience it yourself or someone can tell you about it and to kind of be able to give people access no matter where you are no matter what you can afford give, being able to give people access to the best coaching in the thing that they're passionate about I think is a really powerful thing because if we can make people more passionate and keep people advancing uh, advancing in terms of improving you know not everyone has to be um, an Olympian or a, or a wallaby or yeah. a, a kangaroo, but if everyone could be the best version of themselves, it's a really powerful thing. Mm. So that's like that's that's one of the cool things about slow coach and what slow coach allows. And I was lucky enough when I was um, I was at the GM at Rat. So I actually asked one of our board members. I said, "There's a business called Naked Wines that I've done some research on, and they create amazing stickiness with their customers. So they've got some they're doing something amazing in how they've been able to build this community of of winemakers and I always said, like, if we can build a community of rat supporters, if we can enable and um, play an uh, influential part in our community, Warringah will benefit off that. And um, one of our board members said, oh, I'm actually his next-door neighbour. Do you want to have coffee with him? <laughs> and so he hooked it up. And, and next minute, um, we were. he rang me and said, oh, Luke Jex is his name. He's the founder, and he's willing to have coffee with you. And I was like, this is fantastic. So I met Luke for a 15-minute coffee. And... I didn't know the laughter, but Luke had just flown in from the States. Um, you know, Luke is, Luke's kind of similar like me, like you um, he, in terms of our values and what we, how we think, Luke's an amazing guy, an amazing person and, and amazing giver of his time. And I, I'm, I'm sure to this day that he's never, he's never said, but he was kind of like, who, what's, who's this young punk <laughs> I'm meeting far yeah. out? What have I said yes to? But he came down and met with we went from having a, supposed to be a 15-minute coffee to it was an hour coffee. And then he said, next time I'm back in town, let's catch up. Next time we caught up, um, we had a beer. And that's where the slow coach conversation started. And, um, you know, the, the story goes, he'd, he, just sold, he just sold naked. He'd moved back to the, to the beaches um, or he's back on holiday and um, on the northern beaches, just sold and was thinking, was walking out to his backyard to watch his kids. And his kids had just got the iPhone out, the, the, they had their iPhone out and the slow motion camera had just come out and they were filming each other trying to do a kickflip on a skateboard. And they were at the same time looking up YouTube, trying to work out how to do the trick. And as you say, dad, can you help us? What do you do? And he thought right there, he was just like, imagine we could get someone that knew what they were doing to be able to help these kids from like, from their own comfort of their backyard and in the coach's own time. And that got the conversation started. And that was about four years ago. Um, and from there, we... We talked about it quite a while. We started a business, um, the Cool Hand Factory, because we're both named Luke, and our dads both liked the movie Cool Hand Luke, and so we um, started the Cool Hand Factory, which did, which we're working on, you know, new business, and and we were doing a, a bunch of different projects with them, but um, Slow Coach was always something that we were passionate about. Um, August two thousand nineteen, you know, the iPhone just upgraded the camera. Uh, we knew that five G was coming. Uh, internet speeds were just, you know getting better and better and better and that we just felt like there was a movement in terms of uh, people were learning digitally. Uh, so we, we, we built a prototype, tested it, seemed to, seemed to work really well and then we went and we made a decision that, you know, we're going to give this thing a crack and we felt that the purpose of it, um, it had a great purpose and what we were trying to enable people was doing good and if we did good, um, the business should work. Um, and so we launched in May uh, 2020. Um, in the middle of COVID, people saying that it wouldn't happen or wouldn't work, uh, we managed to launch. We launched with 
uh, 48 of Australia's most uh, talented athletes. Uh, we actually did it all through, we actually did it through a Zoom call and it was pretty cool. We got one of the founding winemakers wine um, from Naked Wines to run an online wine tasting and everyone that signed up to Slow Coach got a bottle of wine sent to them oh, cool. and they got a story about that wine. Um, and the whole idea was that, you know, that winemaker had been on the journey with Luke from the start of Naked Wines and was still making wine for him now. And we wanted to say to our coaches, hey, this is the journey we're going to take with you and um, we hope you can be part of it. So we launched, um, yeah, in May 2020 and, and since then I've done some pretty cool things. Uh, we've built some amazing technology. Uh, we, our other founder, there's three founders, there's Luke and then there's the uh, CT, uh, former CTO, founding CTO of Naked Wines, Derek Hardy, it's on board too. Um, and um, yeah, um, we, we built some amazing technology. So Slow Coach enables people to do, do two key things. They enables a, um, a person to book a session with your favorite star. So you were a basketball legend yep, before. Yep. I guessed that earlier. Too. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did. You I did. must have felt it. I was going to tell <laughs> you. I must have felt it. Yeah, people um, do feel me. <laughs> so we, um, so like, yeah, for instance, you know, you want to work on your, your shooting form. And I know this because my son's a mad basketballer and he loves his basketball. And, um, you know, when he came up to me earlier this year and he's like, Dad, I really need, I'm trying out for zone basketball. I need to work on my shooting form. I'm like, what the hell is shooting form? Um, yeah. And, and being a rugby person, I'm like, if you could ask me about rugby or rugby league, I can help you, but I can't help you, mate. I can't mm. help you with this. So I booked a session with Lauren Jackson. Lauren Jackson, I uploaded, we uploaded four videos to Lauren so and cool. Lauren critiqued that, drew on the screen, slow-moed the footage, was able to break down and give him feedback around what he was doing right and what he wasn't doing right. Um, and then uh, sent back some tips and some drills to go with that. And, you know, that's a 20-minute session that... Um, is saved in his profile in his phone and whenever we go out shooting or go down to the courts he pulls that out looks at it it's like dad film me make sure i'm doing those those things right so you know that experience for him was yeah, fantastic and to be able to have that from someone with such a chant like such a champion as, yeah. as, as lauren is pretty cool so. i was gonna say like benny i thought you i thought you're the one that would give him the coaching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i haven't got the call up just yet yeah well you talked about the um the technology and i think for those listening at home the, I get the point of difference with what you guys do compared to everyone else. Like if this isn't your everyday, just do a shout out on Instagram, you know, or this, you know, hope you're doing well. This, this is high tech, high quality stuff where parents or athletes or anybody feels like they're being one-on-one -on -one coached by a, a superstar, which yeah. it's, there's a lot of people that try to do similar kind of things that don't come nowhere near what slow coach is trying to do. So to have that kind of technology, and I think that's the key there, to invest in having someone like from Naked Wines that de that developed that technology and knew what they were doing, and then having someone like you know, the founder of that tech as well come in, and then your side where you've got the connection with athletes, you understand yeah. how like how young athletes think, you understand what parents are looking for. It's just a great mix. So I think, I know you're, you're a bit humble and you, you play it down as if like it's, uh, you know, it's just an, another app, but I think it's just something that's going to really change the way parents and even junior coaches and, and people that want to improve anything. Like you said, it could be something as simple yeah. as wine tasting. Well, totally. And so we, we've ventured into arts and we launched Slow Coach Live last week. And Slow Coach Live allows someone to do that in a live environment. So you're able to have a, you can either have a one-on-one -on -one session in a live environment where all the tools are still accessible or you can do it in a group session. And there's a guy named Brendan Stimson. Brendan is the um, choreographer for The Prom, the show that came out on Netflix and looks after Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep and all these people. And um, he ran a session last week um, with a bunch of people. So he had uh, it was, it was 10 participants on the call. And um, those pen 10 participants 
were actually da- dancing live. He was watching them and stopping them and critiquing them. And um, it was just amazing to watch these people interacting with someone so amazing. And then off the back of that, um, this person is actually congratulating this person going, that was amazing. And it just this community of people sharing and, um, yeah, it was really powerful. And so we, we were like super excited to see that launch here in Australia. And um, that'll, that'll start to roll out over the next couple of weeks. And we've been awesome. able to do some really cool yeah. things yeah. with Rugby Australia. Like um, Rugby Australia, have, you know, have been, I suppose, bashed up in the last, in the last short amount of time around different things. And, um, but there's a, there's a bunch of people there which are really passionate about the grassroots and, and coach development. And how do we empower the grassroots of rugby, especially the coaches, to be able to grow the game? And um, uh, Grips, um, I'll give him a shout out. He's he's been incredible, and we've been working. We did a we did a partnership with uh, Rugby Australia, and it's around in creating the right environment and right coach, uh, right training, and that's their, that's kind of their mandate. And um, that partnership there and how that's working, we've been able to um, every co- junior coach in the country has um, access to a free eight week training plan. Oh, wow. So if a dad goes down to sign his kid up and register him for the under sevens and he ends up walking out of there and he's the, he's the coach and he doesn't really know what he's doing. He can go in and sign up. He receives a free week, eight, eight a week training plan. And each week on that training day, he receives a printout where it's a PDF where it talks through the purpose of what he's trying to coach, how to set it up and the drill and then media around how to uh, actually live media of showing him how to do who's, that. Who's doing the talking? Who's like. doing so Rugby Australia, so we produce the content. Ah, awesome. Yeah, wow. so yeah. they're highly produced. Um, it's media. Yeah. Then plus it's also got... Um, so good. Yeah. Six, so we're yeah. doing that. Rugby mm. Australia have got 40 of their coaches run going through the Perform program. So our te- technology is helping them, um, you know, try and brew, coach the up-and-coming coaches are being mentored by ex-Wallaby coaches yeah, or amazing. key Wallaby figures yeah. that are um, trying to bring through that next bunch of coaches. So we've got, we've got homegrown super rugby coaches, Wallaby coaches. And so they're working on all these things that pr- pretty much don't always get spoken about, but are playing in a major part of grassroots rugby. And I'm just really stoked that we're able to be the technology that does that. It's really Same cool. So, you know, um, we're in some really cool talks at the moment with them. Um, some group, some some parties in, within rugby league around doing something similar and Netball Australia and these kind of things. So, yeah, we're excited of, you know, th- I suppose the part we're getting to play in sport and, you know, with what we're doing over with West End and Broadway in the arts the arts area. So um, as long as people have access to good coaching, hopefully they can keep doing what they love. Mm. Well, getting into the arts as well, isn't it? We haven't. We should be having a glass of wine here talking about... <laughs> That's right. The, the dancing. A bit of Mozart the, playing yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it sounds like you've got a, a lot on your plate um, carrying all this and your capacity has obviously had to grow, and grow yeah. over the years. Um, is there anything you do re- routinely to deal with the pressure or to, to maintain focus? Do you have like a, a daily routine or anything like that? Or Yeah, so I think um, you know, it's it's funny, like things you probably don't think of routine, they are routine. And you just saying that, I just was kind of quickly, I was like, yeah, there actually are a few things. Um, you know, we, we're, quite, we're quite hectic at the moment. We're doing some, uh, quite a lot in the US at the moment. We've just set up a We've done it. We've partnered with a bunch of the, the Olympic um, sports in in the US, and we've launched with US volleyball. Cool. Um, and we're doing some stuff over there with artistic swimming. Um, we've got um, uh, office in the UK that uh, our CTO Derek Hardy and co-founder runs. And within that, we have uh, we're mainly arts, but we have a sports wing as well. So kind of balancing the three time zones at the moment is quite challenging. Yeah, wow. um, uh, long days, um, but you know, there's little things either side. There's you know. 
you know, me and my brother and um, um, uh, the guy that owns the local coffee shop down at Newport and Jexy, um, the other co-founder, we do a gym session a couple every second day or so. We go down and just burn some energy. Uh, I tend to, when I get home, I try and have that time with the kids. The kids go to bed and then try and have that time with Mel. And, yeah. you know, that sometimes looks with laptops open, a glass of wine sitting across from each other. But just mm. being able to talk and communicate and share frustrations, you know. Do you email each other or do you actually talk? No, we, we, we've got better at talking. <laughs> so the whole four kids situation, we decided we needed to keep a laptop between us and TVs in the house. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But um, we, um, you know, like the, just that little bit of time and, and making sure and prioritizing those kind of moments yeah. um, has been important. And one of, the, I suppose, the key things that I've always had that I didn't even mention before, actually, I had in rugby and I ha I've, I've got now is a bunch of like key, like you call them mentors, yeah. but people that I reached out to to ask questions when I was unsure or was um, that I felt, you know, it wasn't something. It's like someone told me when I was young playing football that, if you want to get told how great you are, go and ask your parents. If you want to get, if you want to want someone to feel sorry for you, go ask your friends how you play. But if you want to get true reflection, go and ask a proper coach or mm. someone that's going to give you some honest. And so I always try to get a key mentor in, and it's even now like just having those key people that I can reach out to or find time to catch up with, um, help balance me out and 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 what I'm thinking because with life, kids, startups, all these kind of things, there's um there's a bunch of black holes yeah. all around you that. You know, if you're not careful, you do fall into. Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely testing at times. But you know, if I get if I get my balance of life right and, and spending those kind of those little moments that you just talked about, I think are key. But then and then also, you know, finding time for where where God fits in because that that helps even me out as well. And if I if, if I'm if I focus in on those core things, I I normally run pretty smooth. Mm. That's awesome, guys. And uh, yeah. Can I do a 60-second blitz with him? A blitz? Yeah. That's good. You know why? It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's good because your nickname is Blitz. Yeah, it's a Blitz. Be Blitz. Be little. Be Blitz. It's a 60-second Blitz with Blitz. Go. Is this Let's the first it. Blitz? This yeah. is your this first is, Blitz. Yeah, this is, this first is your blitz? segment. From yeah. now on, I want every week, <laughs> I want a 60-second Blitz with Blitz. Yeah, it's the, ma it's the maiden voyage. It, it's, um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a big deal, guys. We're just going to give it a crack, <laughs> see how it goes. So this is the 60-second Blitz with um, Luke Holmes. Now, Luke, I'm going to give you a, about 60 questions. And first thing that comes to your mind, just yeah. quick answers. Just let it out. Just let it flow. Just let it overflow. Uh, the first one here, favorite book? Justin Langer. First concert? Maroon 5. First job? Pizza delivery. Ooh, favorite movie? Rocky. Uh, pet hate? Uh, bed unmade. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, a bit of discipline. Uh, best investment? My wife. Oh, hello. Good answer. Good answer. No laptops tonight. <laughs> um, worst investment. No laptops tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's a slow one. I have to really no. think about that one. But worst investment. Um, Mazda 5. I've got a Mazda 6. It's oh. not bad. Um, the most unusual habit you have. It's an unusual habit. Um, completely... Um, um, I, if things aren't in a line, I'm, I'm anal about like organisation. So I'm a pain in the ass to be around. Um, the things you did growing up that made your parents most upset? Um, oh, they're always upset at my brother. He was a rebel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> things that made my parents upset. Um, 
You're just a good boy. That's fine. I was fine. a good boy. I, no, I didn't really get in trouble, mate, to no, be honest, no. true. You're a rules guy. You like the rules. Yeah, I was a rules person. Yeah, that's fine. Um, life message in one sentence. No, no. pressure. Fuck. Um, that is a tough question. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. It's tough. It's tough. You know, I tried to do the whole, I had to try to like, I tried to go into past mode then and try and think of something really smart. <laughs> and I was confusing myself. I was like, you know what? Don't do that, mate. Don't even like, try, yeah. mate. Um, okay. Uh, one thing most people wouldn't know about you. One thing most people wouldn't know. Um, I'm a really private person. Okay. That's all. Because you're so private, no one knows. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I'm not, Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I don't. Yeah, I don't really, like, I, I never really even do things like this. Like, I don't, um, don't really go out and, you know, speak. Someone said to me the other day, someone actually found out that I was back on the beach and they go, how long have you been back here for? And I was like, oh, like six years. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of float in my, kind of just run my own race and yeah, just keep, keep to myself. Yeah. And the fact, the fact that I'm, I'm completely, like, I don't really say anything, but like, you know, I'm just. I hate when things are dirty or messed up or things aren't aligned. Like I hate, you know, I love organization and yeah. stuff, which drives my kids mad, drives my wife mad. But <laughs> most people don't know that because I would normally wouldn't say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, Another whole world, man. Last two. What makes you nervous? What makes me nervous? Kids growing up too fast. Okay. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Um, things being out of line. Nah, yeah. Dirt. Um, Dust. I think, um, I think it, uh, one thing that keeps me up at night is the fact is that, um, I think about like if, if I'm choosing to do life the right way and, and the way I live is that if that is a good, if that is, a, if I'm creating a good role model for my kids, but also the people in my community are like, I'm, it's something that is really, um, got to me more, more lately is that, you know, the way that the decisions and the things that I choose and the way I choose to do things, you know, does that, how does that impact people and how does that impact my family? And, um, the older I get, you know, the more I look into that and go far out, like, am I, am I doing, am I doing a good job and am I, am I a good human? Um, yeah, that, that's probably the one thing that I think, I th probably think way too deeply about. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's your, uh, you're the debut for the Blitz with Blitz. <laughs> it was more than 60 seconds, thanks, Blitz. But uh, we'll, we'll find you. That was now. my fault, mate. That was my fault. I was a bit slow on that. Was, they were very open ended questions. So I was, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you're setting yourself up for a longer, longer than 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? We had plenty of time on hand, so congratulations. Yeah. But our time has come to an end, guys. Um, that went really quick. Awesome. Holmesy, I can't thank you enough for coming thank in. Thank you. Um, like, like I, keep, I don't want to keep reiterating it, but the fact that he's had his successful sporting career. But what he's doing now excites me even more. I yeah. think it's really exciting. Like, I love keeping up to date with where you're, where you're at. Slow Coach is going to be huge. So with our former superstar, co-founder of Slow Coach, um, make sure you guys check it out. I've also got another superstar, Benny Little. Thank you for your time again today, mate. Right here. I'm here till Tuesday, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. They might kick you out before then. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, thanks for tuning in again. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Into uh, the spirit of sport with Timmy Manor and Benny Little. You're listening to 1170 SEN. Have an awesome night.